All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Can you see it? Did you know? The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, whatever it is. Check them out, Zephyr Epic. They've also got a retail location in Surrey. The best part about Zephyr Epic, in our humble opinion, and Wyatt, I should have briefed you on this before because I'm going to throw you on the spot. When we do the show, and I do this read to start it, Chris Faber, who's not here, attending a wedding. I think he's on a houseboat right now. He has no reception, so he won't even know how this podcast goes. Ooh. It's going to go fantastic, obviously. But Faber throws out two cities in Canada, okay? And I think his list is in front of you. in front of me. Oh, <laughs> you gotta make sure. You got to make sure it's not one he's already used. But basically, it's the, the, the cities start with the same letter, okay? So he did, like, Whistler to... I was going to yeah, to Winkler. Yeah. Yes, that was the last one we did last week. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh God, you have some time because I still have to read this part. I don't even read this. This is off the cuff. People should know that. Uh, Zephyr Epic ships free anywhere in Canada, the great nation of Canada. Population. How many? Po- how many people in Canada? Like 16 million? At least 72 people. At least 72 yeah. people. I, I'd put it at that. I'd put. I'd go over that. Maybe yeah, fair yeah. enough. Okay, so what do I what do I what do I need to do here? Tell so, me. So 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 you're just gonna throw out two cities two in cities. Canada, preferably okay. far apart, to show how good Zephyr Epic oh, is and how they yeah, yeah, they yeah, ship yeah. free anywhere in Canada on any order over fifty dollars. Okay, so anything you want. It, it, you, you know, you got the Yu Gi Oh cards, the Pokemon cards, the hockey cards, the baseball cards, the football cards. I'm running out of cards here, Wyatt. I hope you're getting close to finding a city uh, there, Barry. <laughs> From Surrey to Barry. <laughs> from Surrey to Barry. That's crazy, right? That's <laughs> from Bear Creek. Bear Creek, Bear Creek in Surrey. There you go. To Barry. There, there's the yeah, the letter. I forgot the alliteration. But there you go. So you know what? Faber makes this look easy. It's not. No, it's, it's not. not. But you did great. You did great. Bear Creek to Barry. Zephyr Epic tips free on any order over fifty dollars Canada wide. So be sure to use promo code Hockey Season Capital H Capital S five dollars off your order. We're also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. This is the part where you say ding dong. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli. I'm joined as always. Wow, I'm so programmed to say joined as always by the man who built the place. Didn't you didn't build really build I'm, the I'm place. I'm just watching from afar. <laughs> yeah, you're watching from afar, but you're stepping up big. Uh, Wyatt Arndt, the stanchion, joining us for this very special mailbag episode of the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Wyatt, how are you? I'm good. I'm mostly here just to, to trash uh, Jordan Bowman. You know, he's just a big jerk. So, uh, Jordan, if you're listening, yeah, you're a big jerk. There you go. That's that's what I do. I travel the world now uh, trashing uh, my coworker. Yeah, Bowman. I hope Bowman listens to the show. He better. Yeah, he, he better. So help me God. Bowman. Especially if you're on. Like, he's going to support you. Like, I, yeah, come yeah, on, Bowman. Absolutely. Okay, so so Chris Faber, as I said, he's away. Uh, Chris Faber is not here this week. But we... Uh, we, we have you, and we've got the mailbag. We got so disappointed. No, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. I, I, we I have was going to say before we started, like you didn't even tell me we were starting. We were just chatting. He said, "All right, here we go." We jumped right <laughs> into the show, 
No warm up, nothing. So I'm sitting here going, "What? What's happening?" Yeah, so, I didn't even tell you about no. the cities. I didn't tell you you're supposed to say "ding dong." So imagine you're on the bus talking to someone. They're like, "Oh, by the way, doing the podcast right now." That's what just happened to me. It's an ambush. This is gotcha yeah, we journalism. were just talking. This is kind of how it works with favors. We talk, and I hit the intro. And again, I didn't even tell you I hit the no, intro. It was know. rolling in the headphones that only I wear. Exactly, it's a real so, power move here. So I'm feeling very cornered, and yeah, we uh, I don't know what's happening. Mid conversation, I was like, "All right, here we go." Yeah. I'm <laughs> a goddamn pro, so I handled it well. But come you on. did fantastic. <laughs> you did fantastic. And usually, we we spend the first ten minutes of the show talking non hockey talk, especially in the off season. But that pisses a lot of people off. And I've said this before. Calm down, everyone. That's largely because Faber just loves. You know, Faber's had some weird food in the past week on most days, and he needs to talk about it, or he gets something on DoorDash delivered to him, and he needs to talk about it. Uh, the last one was a matzo ball. Um, that he ordered, and he thought it was like a mozzarella ball, and he filmed himself eating it, was going to post it, and he's like, this doesn't taste like mozzarella, but it was like a matzo ball, and uh, yeah, I, that was uh, that was our last conversation that lasted over 10 minutes, but okay. do you have any non-hockey things that you'd like to bring up, because we have a little bit of time here. I mean, I've had a fish bakora for the first time recently, that was pretty good. <laughs> DoorDash delivered. They yes. came through. Um, I have not been to Barry or Bear Creek recently, uh, and uh, I've played a lot of Warzone off season. You know what? I I haven't been doing many podcasts or trust the process much because I was like, I'm going to come back once the JT Miller situation is you know has been figured out, and I just haven't been figured out yet. So I had to give up. They won. They broke me. I'm so back. you're retiring, is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, I'm done. I'm gone. I can't wait. I'm sorry, JT Miller. No, yeah, uh, no. It's been it's been a good off season. I've been taking a lot of time off. Uh, for anyone out there who is listening, always remember your mental health is very important. Um, hockey season is very intense in this city. A lot of arguments. You got to be you know you're screaming at people, defending things, yelling. Everyone's yelling at you about take you didn't like. So, uh, and especially with having to pay attention to Twitter all the time, like I do, because that's the crux of my articles is like being very in tune with the market. So uh, yeah, I need a break from you, you bastards once in a while. So that was my break and now I'm back and just trying to get back in the swing of things. So yeah. Yeah. We're happy to have you back. And yeah, of course you take a break for your mental health. I, I tried. It didn't go so well, but uh going to, going to be doing it again soon. Everybody, uh there was a question in the mailbag, which we'll get to in a second. Uh Someone brought up, someone was like, favor sure seems to take a lot of vacation. Good. I was like, yeah, good. He does. He should. He, he, he deserves it. All of you should do that. Yeah, Please. exactly. <laughs> that's what, that's what we're going to, going to be doing. There's going to be a week in August where, uh, we'll we'll have to find another co-host. Hopefully, you can step up with Faber, and he won't put you on the spot as much. Although I gotta tell you, Faber points this out on the regular now. But I have this intro down to like a script in my head, basically. Like I know exactly what I'm gonna say. I deliver it almost the same way every time, and it's just I, I have it down. And, and Faber even said he's gonna have some trouble doing that while I'm away. So you, maybe it's... I'll I'll pre-record the intro and be like, all right, I'm gone. I just did the ad reading the intro. I think you should get me and Bowman on because I don't do intros, but Bowman does. So just bring in the tag team, have a little <laughs> crossover, and let's just have some fun. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be a good episode. We should do it, man. That would be a good episode, actually. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to the mailbag here. Uh, also, no poll question today, but we did want to plug Atlas Goods. This is the Atlas Goods mailbag. We haven't even told them that they're going to be sponsoring this mailbag, but we're just going to tell them. Uh, Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com, use promo code CC15 to get 15% off your first order of pop rinds. These are the best fresh pork rinds straight out of your microwave or air fryer. Have you had pork rinds before? I have. <laughs> like some weird food you've ever heard uh, of. <laughs> okay, so when, the, uh, no joke, no joke. When these guys were going to start sponsoring us, yeah. I tried pork rinds for the first time before I had theirs. And yeah. I, I had them, and I can say this now, I hated them. Yeah, I, no, I was no. like, this is disgusting. Yeah. But then I tried the ones they sent us because obviously they sent us the product and they were like, give it a try. And I was like, okay, like I hate these, but I'll try it. 
and I tried theirs, and it was totally different. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I've talked about them a lot, but basically, you you get, like, a eighth of a cup. They come in really small, and you put them in, like, a, on a paper towel in your microwave, and they expand, and it's, it's just so good. And they've got different flavors. You can put the popcorn seasoning on. It's really good. For those, for those at home nachos. who aren't here, uh, there's a lot of hand talking from Quadrelli, and he's explaining the process of how we ate those pork rinds. <laughs> Like, he went through the entire thing. He, he juggled a ball in his hand, it looked like. He went on the tablecloth. He really walked me through the moment like I was there. So I really appreciate that. You just take out your Yeah, yeah. You really, <laughs> really like that. How would I do a poll? How would I do a poll? Well, I don't know. How, do how a poll for me. Make it a wide poll. Do, I want you to do, ask the infamous question that always gets asked. Okay. Can, well, can we have a fun one? Does that have to be hockey or can it be something silly? No, it silly? can be anything you want. What do you want the poll Give it to be? me. Kennel versus honeydew. Give it to me. <laughs> okay. We can, we I can, want it. I want it. We can put that up. Yeah, I want people to know. We'll put that up. We'll make sure that's up, and we'll make sure we get to the results around the halfway mark. We'll we'll take a break halfway through the episode. We're uh, we're just past the ten minute mark, which people love to hear because that means it's time for the actual meat of the episode. We decided to do a mailbag because Wyatt, last week we censored actually not last week on Wednesday's episode, we censored J T Miller's name. We did not say J T Miller's name on the show. Thank God. Well, well, Faber slipped up once, but oh, Faber. Yeah, of course, right? That's what I, I sent him on the houseboat. After that, I yeah, said, "Yeah, that's not a vacation. That's a suspension. Yeah, that's that what is that a is. suspension." I said, "Get out of here! You, you can't be uh, can't be breaking the rules like that." Okay, we'll get to the mailbag. We'll try to get to everybody's question. Wyatt, are you ready? Because there's already 42 responses. I want them all. But here's the thing: this. I need from you. I need to know honeydew or, or cantaloupe. I haven't heard your answer yet. Everyone, well, I gotta know. I I don't like either, man. That's, like that's, watermelon. But you gotta choose. You're sitting there and they're saying, "Okay, you know, what, obviously watermelon's king." Don't like, come on. So so sorry, sorry. Excuse me. If watermelon's king, yeah. Why do you have to pick between honeydew or cantaloupe? Because sometimes places you go and everyone's eating the watermelon because everyone goes that first, right? So you got the leftovers. Yeah. So you got honeydew and you got you know cantaloupe. So you're at a barbecue. It's a really fun time, having a great time there. And then you know you want some melon. You're just in a melon mood. And then the last two there, you know, it's honeydew, cantaloupe. And then I show up and I've got a gun and say, pick one. Mm-hmm. So now you got to pick one. That's your okay. night forced into it. Because everyone wants to say I'm angry. You can't be angry. You got to choose one. Yeah, life or death. You know. <sighs> Independence Day 3, Aliens Have Invaded, Will Smith Needs Your Help. Can I be honest? Yeah. I don't think I've tried either. I think I've looked at them and said, I don't like that. Okay, so I think we're going to have to do a taste (laughs) test. And the next time I'm on, I'm going to bring two melons. We're going to have a taste (laughs) test. And we're going to do it. (laughs) Genuinely, this is like a recurring... I'm not even doing a bit. This is a recurring thing on the show. Like, I just asked you if you had had pork rinds. Yes, I know. You're like, have you ever had bread? (laughs) It was like, we were in this group chat, and one time I jumped in, I was like... Yo, have you guys ever... I can't remember what it was. It was just an absolute layup. It was something that everybody... No, you know what it was? I said, have you guys ever put mayonnaise on your grilled cheese instead of butter? And everybody was like, yes. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I just did it for the first time. It was delicious. Although I don't do that much anymore. Butter, you know... I think you're overthinking it if you put mayonnaise. Butter's just fine. Was it in Twitter yesterday? So like when some football player puts mayo in his coffee? And I almost threw up there. That's disgusting. Oh, right? my yeah, that's gosh. That's not cool. That's no. too far. No. That's like that's like a favor challenge. That would be... I know. Every time I see weird, I'm like, that's a favor thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a favor thing. That's a favor thing. Uh, okay. So, yeah, to answer your question, your neither. And we'll, we'll try it next time, yeah. next time you're on. Next time you're on, we will try it. Done. Okay. Let's jump to the mailbag. Yep. First thing, it's not a question. It's just an observation from Jack. Hey Chris sure seems to get a lot of vacation, which I said earlier. Well, but suspension, it's a suspension. Vacation. It's a suspension. Again, here's the worst story I've ever heard. This is a real talk here. There's like you see those those things where they talk to someone's like, 
oh, this guy works like, you know, a menial job or retail job. Not the job is bad, but he worked really, really hard at a low, low position all his life and never called him sick. And they give him like, you know, a little gold pin at the end of the day. No, call him sick. Take your days off. Take your yep. mental health days. Don't be that person that's a slave to a corporation for no reason. Like, you got to find time for yourself. Don't be a hero. Don't, yeah, be a hero to yourself. Don't be yeah. a hero to the company. They don't exactly. give a shit about you most yeah. of the time. So, again, mental health is key. Favorite's doing the right thing. This was a suspension, but most of the time it is vacations. So, yeah, take care of yourselves out there. Does it count as a mental health trip if you can't remember it? That's even better. Right there. It means you can't remember anything. Faber, Faber's on the on the houseboat, and I've seen, like, I haven't seen him, but I have been in contact with Faber when he's on a houseboat. Uh, the rare times I'm able to contact him while he's on the houseboat, and he makes the playlist, and Faber, as you could expect, just hearing the guy talk, and anybody who's interacted with Faber knows he's a great dude. You know, Faber gets the boys going on the houseboat, and it's a bachelor party, so oh, you yeah. know it's going to be fun. He's enjoying himself. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, we're excited to get Faber back one day. We'll see when his suspension's up. As long as he doesn't say J.T. Miller, until, unless a story breaks on <laughs> which it never will. <laughs> All right. We're going we're gonna to start right here, okay? okay. We're going to start in J.T. Right Miller. Now. We're going to get serious here, okay? Jeez. This is from Dominique. Would you consider it an object failure if by training camp, Miller's situation isn't cleared up either via trade or extension. Do you want to take the reins on this one? Yeah, I mean, it's... it's it, here's what sucks about this entire thing is that, you know, the entire framework of Benning's era was got to give it time. And we, we all remember eight years, it was got to give him time. You got to give him time. And we did. And my opinion, 85% of his moves failed. So you sit there going, well, you know, we, we said everything, you know, we said it was right and it turned out to be that we were right. But what do we get for that? Nothing. It's like, cool, we get to be right about something that, you know, we all wasted time for eight years. So now you've got a new regime, which you do have to give them time because that's, you know, the polite thing to do. We're Canadians. We're very polite mm-hmm. all the way from here to Barry. We're very polite people. But there is a level of fatigue where it's like, well, we're giving them time. But now they're doing a lot of the same, like they're presenting it better, but it feels like we're hitting a lot of the same notes. So obviously you're going to be a bit worried. Like, well, what are they doing? Like, yeah, some of the offsides, the signings of the offseason I liked, but it's also like, well, they're putting a lot of money in the forwards. And how many times has that been the thing in, in Vancouver? Like, don't be like the Edmonton Oilers. And like, they're recreating that with the no defense where it's like, we just saw a team win the cup. And granted, Colorado's got an amazing back end that's not easy to put together. But they recognize, like Joe Sack's like, hey, man, defense is pretty dope. Look what happens now. They've got so many defenders that can move the puck, and that's a huge part of the team. Obviously, they've got great forwards, but defense, start with the defense. And Vancouver, if they start this offseason with that same defensive core, that is a failure to me. Like, I, if they do a full rebuild, fine. I understand it might take a year or two, especially to move off of someone like a Myers contract, an OEL contract. And this offseason... It felt like the cap was very tight for a lot of teams. A lot of teams were pushing the cap or a bit over the cap and was a lot of maneuvering around there to be had. But, yeah, if they start the season with that with this team as it is now, then I would say the outlook for the next season would be like, yeah, they, they failed to do what they said they were going to do. Because they talk about a big game, but I yeah. move up money. And I get it. Say they couldn't do it. Say it was just too tough. That's still a loss because some teams still find a way to move money. Like, it's still a thing that it could be possible. I think we all know that they played, you know, it's, it's good to have that price on JT that they wanted. But it, it seems like maybe they price themselves too high. So now, mm-hmm. again, some people are going to be happy. Hey, JT here. We love him. JT Miller's great. But, you know, how are you going to fix that defense right now? How are you going to fix it? Yeah. And that's my concern. And that's kind of how I look at this situation, Why? And I, I talked about it a little bit, and we didn't talk about Miller on the last episode. But the way I kind of look at it is, look, like, they've been honest and upfront about we want to clear cap space. We want to, you know, improve the back end. We want to, you know, get some sandpaper. And those are, let's say those are the main goals that they've done. They've obviously said they wanted to replenish the prospect pool, get some European free agents. Obviously, they did that in grand fashion by getting Andre Kuzmenko, which is a great piece of business. It is a win for this management regime, right? And 
the way I kind of look at this offseason, and again, the Miller situation is what we're specifically talking about here, is, yeah, I think that part is an abject failure. I don't think the offseason as a whole is a failure, especially if you look at the hand they were dealt uh, in terms of what the past management regime left them. Like, look, like, yeah, they've talked about clearing cap space, but they've found it difficult to move the guys that they view as inefficient because guess what? Most of the other GMs in the league also view those players the exact same way, right? Like, they're having trouble moving Tanner Pearson for, for value, right? And they're having trouble moving Jason Dickinson. They're, they're having trouble with all of these things. And, you know, I don't really think it's a failure that they weren't able to move those players because, again, that's kind of out of their control to some extent. But with JT Miller, look, if, if they don't have him extended or they don't have him traded, yeah, I would say it's a failure because... Look, you, you didn't accomplish your goals this offseason. You, you maybe accomplished the sandpaper goal, and I think they're going to be preaching patience for a while, and yep. to, to some extent, that's understandable, especially when you look at, like I said, what they were left with by the last management regime, and I kind of, you know, I place a lot of the blame on the past management regime uh, for the situation that the Canucks are currently in. How can you not? But if I look at this situation, I say, no trade or extension. What does that tell me? Okay, they're going to look at maybe trading him at the deadline, and Alvin in a recent interview even said, you know, we're not going to set the... It was with Harmon. Got to give Harmon a shout-out. Harmon Dial of The Athletic. Um, we're not going to set it in stone that we're going to be trading him at the deadline. We kind of need to talk as an organization. So as an organization, that's everybody is going to be involved in that conversation. And that's what the Canucks are going to kind of put themselves in a the position of. And, you know, look, like... <sighs> It's tough because let's say, for example, like uh, aside from the whole nightmare scenario of Miller gets injured three days before the trade deadline or whatever, right? And the Canucks are out of a playoff spot already. That's the nightmare scenario. Let's move move on from that and just say the more likely scenario. The Canucks are a bubble team. Like they're right yep. right there, right? Similar to how they were at this year's trade deadline. But let's say they're even better. Let's say they're in the eighth place spot or seventh, whatever it is, right? Let's say they're there. Are they going to trade their leading scorer, assuming JT Miller leads this team in points and, and scoring again? Are they going to trade him at the deadline? I find that hard to believe. If they keep him, what's what's the ceiling in the playoffs? Like, like what's going to happen in the playoffs if you go with Miller? Are you going to get bounced in the second round the same way the Calgary Flames did and then lose your very valuable asset for nothing? And this is an interesting conversation because if they get there, like... I, th- I feel like you want to extend them at that point. If if we're, we're calling him a very valuable asset, right? Oh, 100%. But if the league doesn't view him in the same manner, which by all accounts, it kind of seems like that's what's happening right now, especially when you take into account that extension and everything. At that point, you have to find some sort of solution, and I think that solution comes with an extension. But it's also like... You know, there is a very, very real fear of like you're seeing a lot of it. That's the kind of talk like the American players don't want to play in Canada or even just take that out of it. There's a lot of players that just like playing on the East Coast. And it feels like Miller might be one of those guys that enjoys playing on the East Coast. So now you have to wonder, like, can they get him to that extension? How much will it pay to get him to overcome the fact he maybe wants to go East? I'm not, I'm not saying it's based on anything, but like if that's a thing, now they've got to weigh in the fact that, okay, well, what if, you know, it costs too much to want to make Miller stay here? And, mm-hmm. and right now it could just very well be that, you know, he just wants the highest amount of money for his performance, which makes sense because he hit a home run of a season. Like, this will be his biggest contract of his NHL career right now. So why wouldn't you want to lock that in? For the Canucks, though, it all comes down to that window. And, like, I, that's what I don't under, quite understand. We've heard some things from this management, like, are they doing a rebuild? Is it a retool? I don't quite know where they stand and what they're going to do with this team. And maybe they're playing it close to the vest. But you lock in Miller to that long-term contract, that, to me, signals it's not fully a rebuild anymore. Like, they're kind of pushing mm-hmm. for it now. And then they've got to have a plan for that back end. So that's what always worries me, right? At the end of the day, if they if they think in their window in the next, you know, two to four years that they're going to be that when trying to win that cup... 
Where's the where's the fix in the defense going to come from? Yeah, exactly. Right? And that's that's always going to be my biggest concern right now. Yeah. And, and I think with this whole situation, all I'm trying to do is just keep the management group accountable. And look, like Jim Rutherford went on the DFO Rundown podcast, and he said to Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger that I think we're going to know where we're at with JT Miller by the time the draft rolls, rolls around, or we're going to have a better idea of where we're at. Mm-hmm. Draft's gone, come and gone, so is free agency. Maybe the Canucks know internally, but by all accounts... They don't know where they are with JT Miller. Like they don't know if this is a guy they're going to be able to trade. They don't know if they're going to be able to extend him. So look, like that was the timeline set out, and obviously the cookie didn't crumble the way the Canucks and Jim Rutherford thought it would. And again, a lot of that's not their fault. That's just the market and how it works. But it is something to consider that they just they haven't done what they said they were going to do, uh, and that's you know to find some sort of resolution for this situation. But you also have to think that Jim Rutherford did throw out that timeline of you know a week or two after free agency teams are going to be scrambling. And, you know, it's the only deadline we have to worry about is the trade deadline. And again, I, I believe, and I've said this before, uh, this isn't a report. This is just me thinking and something I believe is that I think it's just posturing at that point. Like, I think it's telling teams, oh, well, we don't have to trade him. We could extend him. And I think that's what the Canucks have kind of been doing the whole time. And I think they're just trying to, you know, save face and keep it going uh, into the season. Yeah, I think the this regime is definitely has better PR than the last regime, and there is more gamesmanship from them. So I definitely think there's a lot of posturing. And, you know, the market now for JT Miller is closing every day with every new signing, every new trade. It's going to happen to other teams. Um, so you know, the, the market for him is lower. Like, where is he going to go? The amount of teams that can take him on are, 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 like, lowering by the day. And, like, say, Kadri goes somewhere. Like, it's just all these teams that might have wanted to have Miller on their team – that is now closing. So, yeah, maybe they go to the deadline and they see if they can, like, resign him or maybe they can extend him. But also, again, this market right now is all about kind of the PTSD of the last regime. So now you're going to a deadline with a major asset. You've seen around the league that, you know, people have left the team after, like, you know, Goodrow. Uh, and, you know, Matty Kachuk is going to be the Calgary. So you're seeing, like, big stars, you know, kind of leaning on their weight and using their power to get out of those situations now. And so it comes down to if JT Miller wants to leave and they say that deadline goes, say they're in that playoff position, like you said, and they, they make that playoff push, they get to the second round, yay, but then JT Miller leaves and they get nothing for it. That's yet another deadline for Vancouver where they haven't gotten enough for their assets. And it's been a long stretch of that in Vancouver. So again, it's not necessarily, like you said, it's, it's a lot of the, 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 the angst right now is from the past regime, and that's a bit unfair to put in Rutherford. So that's what I mean. Like a lot of what you're seeing right now, you're, you're a bit like, oh, no, what's going on? It's because of what happened in the last eight years. So mm-hmm. I, I want to give more time. When I'm saying it's a failure, I'm not saying like this, like they're screwed. This is like they yeah, fired. Yeah. It's just more of like for this like period of time, they didn't do what I thought they were going to do. That kind of a failure for me. So I don't even think they're. And if they get to this point, they wouldn't have done what they thought they were going to do either, right? Yeah, I think they could, if they if they were here right now, they'd probably be, you know, they'd have some jelly bellies and they'd say, yeah, hey, man, we thought Miller would be gone by now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next question comes from Abby. Is management done? Are they going into the season with this roster? I can't believe they don't move out a forward. I agree with Abby there. I, I still think you're going to see a forward moved out. Um, you know, Connor Garland's name is one that's been brought up in trade rumors before. Um, you know, but can the Canucks get fair value for Connor Garland? Do they want to sell low? And let's be honest, if you're selling Garland, it's probably for below what they traded him for. Yep. Correct. Yep. And a team's going to kind of look at Garland and say, okay, he's had a down year. We'll take him off your hands. But the Canucks are probably looking at that situation and saying, you know what? No, we need to save him and we need to get his value back up. And I think Connor Garland thinks he's going to be a better player next year. I, I think he did an interview with Harmon as well. A lot of, sh- a lot of Harmon shout outs today. Um, he's, he's a stud. He is a stud. Those shout outs. Yeah. Um, 
But Connor Garland, I, I, I think he thinks he's going to be better next year, and I think the Canucks would like to see if that's true before they make it a move on him. But look, like Stefan Roger, and I bring him up on every episode, one of, one of my uh, favorite writers at Canucks Army. Actually, my favorite writer, I've said for a while uh, on the show, but there's some new contenders. Faber's not one of them. Um, good, good. But Stefan uh, wrote an article today about what a status quo roster looks like. Brought up some really interesting points just about, like, look, like, if this match regime is done and, you know, we have to kind of prepare for that. We don't. I'm not saying we have to be ready for that, but you have to also kind of, you know, be ready for a world where that's true. I'm not saying that's going to happen for sure, but it's possible that they just run it back. What does this roster look like? It looks really similar to last year, as you may have guessed, but, man, it's just... Can, can you imagine if they come back the same way? Like, in your opinion, are they going into the season with the roster as it's currently constructed? Like, and, and let's 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 go through it. The only additions they made is they made some fourth line additions, right? With Curtis Lazar, uh, Dakota Joshua, they added to their defense step with Wyatt Kelnick, um, Ilya Mikheyev, obviously also signed to a contract, and Andre Kuzmenko as well. Both players going to play in the middle six. So that's basically the only change they made. Is this what the Canucks roster is going to look like on opening night? Yeah, I mean, with Curtis Lazar, like, I, I like him as a player. I think he's done well last year. But also, like, Tyron Watt and that line, you know, the, the model line, they they actually played really well last season. So, you know, Lazar comes in, Mott played just as well. So I don't know if that's, like, a net addition overall. Like, I think if he hits that same... Because, again, Mott, again, he's one of those guys underlying numbers, has had seasons where he looks really good, but it hasn't been that great. But I think last year he kind of hit his stride and was really good. So now you got Lazar. I think Lazar will be fine. I don't think he's going to move the needle too much, but he does bring more sandpaper in terms of hits. That's for sure. Um, which that brings the whole. That's the whole thing about this whole dynamic is super interesting to me. Is that you've got a coach that we never fully know if he's fully in line with what management wants. It's kind of like you no know, new assistant coaches. We don't quite know. Like they, they probably are in step, but they might have different views of what they want. But we have, we have heard, like you said, the sandpaper. They want the sandpaper. So I'm curious as to who they think isn't that player that they're going to win with. And I, I honestly wonder if they don't like Connor Garland. We saw Connor Garland. He, he was actually fantastic under Green. He looked really good early in the season. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, he had the, you know talked about how he had some struggles and maybe that was just you know nothing to do with the coaching. But if Bruce Brudeau didn't see the Connor Garland that we saw at the start of the season, maybe he doesn't think he's his guy, right? So maybe that's a guy that Brudeau was like, ah, I don't know. We know Brudeau loves Miller. You know, Miller's got that sandpaper in F-bombs, if anything. So this entire roster, though, like, who's the guys that they think they want to move out? And they've added some skill. I, mean, I think their second power unit is going to be better this season. And, you know, that's good. But end of the day, if they end, if they go to the season with that exact same roster, like, I know some people out there are like, yeah, man, like, if Boudreaux had been here the whole year, this Canuck team would have been a killer team, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, if, you know, if that happens, great. I hope it does. But <laughs> I don't know if they're going to catch that fire because that defense – they're going to be asking an awful lot of the Quinn Hughes. Like I saw, you know, I think I saw a question earlier, like, "Hey, can they double shift Hughes?" Like, if you're asking, you know, forty minutes a night from Hughes, you're going to grind him into the dust. We've already seen it before. Yeah. If you wear him down, like, you know, he, he's not the biggest guy. Come playoffs, and he's if he's getting beaten up every night, that's a lot of wear and tear on his body. So I'm worried about that. You've also got another year older on OEL's knees. Like we saw him last, his gap control. He's kind of got a bit of that adleritis where he's like. He gives himself a lot of room in case they skate by him. That's what I do in ice hockey. Like, oh, I'll give you some room. I can't skate that well, right? That's a, that's the panic room he gives. Uh, and Tyler Myers, we know, is just such... I love him offensively, but in his own end, he just does the most bizarre decisions I've ever seen. So, you know, I think I've seen the stats about some goalies can't high, handle the high danger chances. Demko can. Demko's used to it, so... But you're also, again, we saw Demko, that they ground him into the dust as well. Mm-hmm. So you're, if your entire plan is, like, ride our horses... Till they're exhausted, like it's just it's tougher and tougher to do that in today's NHL. 
because players overall are better players. You know, you can do as many easy shifts. Uh, the travel grind is bad in Canada. Uh, there's just so many things that go into that. That if they go into the season with that exact same defense, um, again, you know, I love Luke Shen, but you know, relying on him for 20 minutes a game, that's also a rough go. It is. So it's like maybe their hand is is forced because they couldn't move the contracts out. But I can't. It's just going to be one of those, like you said, I think a bubble scenario. They're fighting for the playoffs, and maybe that's maybe that's what, maybe that's what they predicted. They, you know, hey, if we make the playoffs, that's a cool treat. But otherwise, you know, maybe they're internally saying we just got to grind out this extra year and then see what happens mm-hmm. but obviously you can't sell it to the fans like hey man this year's gonna suck and we're gonna hope to make the playoffs what can you do but maybe that's what they're forced into at this point i don't know but overall if you if you walk into the season with that roster yeah people are gonna be mad because they should be because that defense is yeah you know sins of the old management but it's not great it's not a yeah. great defensive core yeah and, and that's the thing right is it's just like yeah it's taking a step back i guess is the way a lot of people would kind of look at it but i feel like you have to kind of sell the idea that you're stepping into a slingshot yeah, you know what i mean that's like what it has to you're be, taking yeah. a step back but there's a giant slingshot behind you and you're going to get sprung forward rather than you know pulling back on the slingshot a little bit and being like all right we're firing it we're going we're going away like you're taking the step back but you're going to get you know, sprung forward more. And I know I'm over explaining what a slingshot is. Um, you used your hands again to show me what it was. I, did, I understand, I understand momentum now. now. I understand, understand momentum now. But I will say, though, I think that's the thing that people don't understand about this market. Like, if they were honest about that approach, like, hey, we might have a step back this year, but we've got an overall plan, people would give them that benefit of the doubt. Oh, people yeah. would be totally on board with that. It's the we. It's the mixed meshing that this market doesn't enjoy because we saw it under Linden and Benning. We never knew what was going on. And at the end, it was Benning. Like, you know, every other year, we didn't know what was happening. Uh, at least with this organization, if they said right now, like, hey, it may not be a step back, but we have a, a larger, grander plan, I think there's still enough honeymoon phase that people will be like, hey, sounds good. Take us along for the ride. Absolutely. And John Bro made a good point. It, it was a question, but we kind of already touched on it, and John Bro made a really good point here. So considering how management has not been able to execute any of their stated goals, but the moves that they have made indicate discipline, have you lost any confidence in the new management regime? I'm saying no. Like, I, I don't think, like, we, yeah, I, I feel like I've maybe been hard on them with the, you said this was your goal, you haven't reached it, but I'm just, again, I'm just trying to be fair. But I don't think that makes you lose confidence because, like I said, a lot of it is because of the last manager regime. It's not really their fault. So, you know, the confidence that you have in this manager regime, what does it come from? It comes from free agency, it comes from the draft. And if you count the Andre Kuzmenko signing, their ability to recruit a top European free agent and get him here, and, you know, Mikheyev as well, I know how to part in that and all that sort of stuff. I understand all that, but that's that's a good piece of business by this management regime, and that, that should make any fan of this team confident. Kuzmenko alone should make you confident. Yeah, I think that it's still a honeymoon period for me, for sure. So any negatives we're talking about now, it's not like, you know, fire these guys. They're not doing their jobs. It's more of like, hey, here's some concerns we've got. And we'll see how it plays out. For me, it comes down to I'm willing to give them to this entire season, see what happens, see what happens to the JT Miller situation, see how it plays out. Because you know this is their first off season, and them getting you know who they brought in, even though you know maybe more money than people would have liked. At least it wasn't like on a Jay Beagle or you know a, a broken Antoine Roussel. And I love Roussel, but like they spent a lot of money. Uh, we we don't need to go over the Jim Benning era, but they spent a lot of money and stuff. We were like, is that what they're doing? And now it feels like they're like you know, hey, hey, taking a chance on a guy that's super fast that maybe doesn't have the hands. You know what? I'm down for that. I like that versus, hey, good in the room. Give me that any day of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to cut to break, but right before that, I want to get to one last question here from Ali Ovenshine. Forget every other question. Why it needs to predict who is joining Tuke squad next season. I, I want to know if the Russians are going to join their own like hat. I want them to go like a cool kind of hat that's like, you know, 
Not a fedora, it was something else. Tuke Squad, uh, I think De- Demko's time. Demko's time. Demko. Yeah, Demko's enjoying Tuke Squad. I, I've, seen, I've seen Demko wear the Tuke. There's got to be high. It's got to be the yes. like Tuke Squad and Beanie Squad are two different things, so it depends. Yeah, so we'll see. Got to have it above the ears. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll cut to break on the other side. Uh, we'll get into some more mailbag questions. A lot of questions here. I think we've only gotten four or five. I know, we're talking too much. <laughs> yeah, there's like 40 of them, so we'll try to get to as many as we can. Keep it locked, keep it loaded on Canucks Conversation. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Wyatt, it is time. Almost called you Chris there. It is time (laughs) for... Our episode 281 Atlas Goods poll question. Our poll question brought to you by Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com. I already talked about this. Use promo code CC15. 15% off your first order of Pop Ryan's locally owned company. Uh, go check them out. Atlasgds.com. Atlas Goods. Go get some Pop Ryan's. Our poll question today, courtesy of the stanch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cantaloupe or honeydew? I've already given my take on this. Do you want to know the responses? I feel like the angry people are going to win the day, but give me the responses. <laughs> wow, I am surprised because because at the start, when we put this out at first, we noticed I'm angry was leading the vote, yep. and that would be a first in Canucks conversation history. We have never seen I'm angry <laughs> lead the vote, but cantaloupe has 40% of the vote, followed shortly by honeydew. It's- with 30%. This but is a honeydew, tight race. Honeydew is tied with I'm angry. Oh, no. And the I'm angry people are probably just in my boat where they don't like either of those. Oh, no. Come on. Honeydew people. What do you do with the... I don't... People, oh, cantaloupe is like just a, a dirty, sweaty taste. Like someone's been in the sauna and didn't shower for three days. I don't know how you people enjoy it. I don't like it. I would use hand gestures to explain it if you were here right now. I'm just not happy with these answers. Best mode replied. <laughs> you already know it's going to be a good response when I just say best yeah. mode replied. <laughs> and he said, I've actually found that the best way to eat honeydew and cantaloupe is to drizzle it with a bit of coconut oil because then it slips off the plate and into the garbage super easy. Thumbs up emoji. I mean, that would actually be delightful to have coconut on honeydew, but whatever. <laughs> You just gave me a good life hack, so, oh, you know, man. joke's on you. We've got a lot of responses. I've never seen this many responses. That's the star power of the statue, baby. I have never seen this many responses to a poll question. I've got to be honest with you. Josh Griffith said, starve. <laughs> That's a solid one, too. And Jay, uh, I know you know Jay, said, oh, God, please don't let this mo- that monster signal boost his honeydew agenda. His melon takes are out of control. Jay, you know I'm right. You know I'm right. 
How do you do for the win? <laughs> and then Andy replied and said, genuinely pissed. These are the only options. <laughs> Both are disgusting. That's why I'm angry there. It's perfect. <laughs> and Riley responded, honeydew is better than cantaloupe, but I could go the rest of my life without eating either one. That's That right there is probably the true correct answer out there. That That's, that's how I go with. But again, if you have honeydew in the perfect conditions, it is golden. That's all I'll say. Okay? Okay. okay. Sure. Caleb's track. You're going to taste test it. You're going to realize how right I am. I'm, I'm excited to try it for the first time. It just, it never really looked like something I would like, and I, I don't think I'm going to like it. You need like five things in your life. <laughs> you must try there was rice thing. It didn't look like chocolate. It didn't yeah. look like bread. It's, it's apparently something like, they crush up peanuts and make a butter out of it. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll get back to the, uh, we'll get back to the questions here let's do it um and okay so so lisa asked and i know she listens to ttp as well favorite show faves what has stanchi been doing in the off season will ttp return this fall i know you already kind of touched on it but have you done anything exciting like have you gone anywhere you know like mini golfing or anything no i haven't even done a pitch and putt i love pitch and putt so much okay my favorite stanley park i love them um stanley park has got like short little holes but queenie's got fast greens like i could talk all day about pitch and putt and melon let me tell you but yeah i've done a whole lot a lot of relaxing uh i tried getting back into some ball hockey and then like pulled uh, my hamstring real bad i used to watch soccer and be like when they pull up like these cowards they're they're, these what are they doing out there i pulled it i couldn't walk i'm like all right i get it now like they're playing yeah it's, yeah it's no good no bueno so uh, and yeah, I was kind of trying not to do any sort of writing or use my brain whatsoever because I need it all for next season. I need all that juice for the Canucks season. Yeah, fair enough, man. Okay, Marcus and Gibson's ass, and this is totally for you because I don't really know what this means. Favorite 90s NWO member? You said NWO in the weirdest way, and I, I just... What, oh. <laughs> what is it? New Noal? World Order. God damn oh. it. It's wrestling. <laughs> I was like, is it Noao? <laughs> Jesus. What's the Noao? <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. I'm so sorry everyone who's listening. Uh New World Order member is gonna be Scott Hall one hundred percent. Razor Ramon, the bad guy. He was the coolest guy by far. That's Hulk Hogan's gang thing, right? I'm so <laughs> sad right now. You pointed at me and called it Hulk Hogan's gang thing, and I just want to walk out of the room right now. <laughs> Bowman, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I'm coming back. I'm so so sorry. <laughs> oh my god. No, so, <laughs> it so, hurts so much that that just it, happened. It was a wrestling group that Hulk Hogan was in. Yeah. Right? Was, so I'm not wrong. It's it was started by Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan was part of it. Uh, yeah, uh, Scott Hall by far. I don't, I don't want to talk about it further. You've upset me. Uh, you cannot hand talk your way out of this. I just need to move on. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're, we're, we're going to get back to the, the hockey. Noel. Get back. Get, get away from the Noel. Yeah. Well, this is another <laughs> wrestling one too. And I know who this is. Okay. Good. Similar to Bruce Boudreaux meeting Kevin Owens. What celebrity would you be geeking out to meet? Uh, it was like, I don't do it as much anymore now that I've been around the players, but back when I used to work at Blockbuster Video, which is a video store favor. Uh, so, favor. Jeez, I called you favor. <laughs> <laughs> Both of oh us. Oh my God, we're doing it all over the place. Both of us. God. Um, yeah, uh, Matias Olin came in and I always told everyone in the store, make sure I get to be the one that gets to rent stuff to him. And so they'd always like back off and let me rent to him. And I'd like over talked about everything. So what's going on, man? You, you rented a good movie tonight? That's great. Oh, you got a late charge? I'll wave it for you. It's all good. It's all good. And I was like, so like the dumbest kid. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I, I took you in, 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 in my hockey pool. I was like, you shouldn't have done that. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but he was really cool, really cool guy. Um, and so nowadays, I can't imagine too much that would rattle me. It would probably be, you know, maybe a certain, I don't know, an actor. I, I don't know who it would be. But I don't know. No, I, I Nick don't. K, probably Nick Cage. I'd probably be like a little, little starstruck because I, like, I love all his movies. So Yeah. But it's, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I say it now, but who knows? I could probably get rattled by anything. But I yeah. feel like I don't get okay. Who, I don't you? know. I, it's, so it's tough. It's very similar to you. Like, 
I was really nervous meeting Brandon Sutter for the yep. first time. Like when I walked into the Canucks locker room for the first time and, you know, like Bo Horvat, Chris Tanev, same, same type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm going to age myself a little bit here, but like I grew up watching Chris Tanev. So I'm kind of like well, the first time I met him and interviewed him for my Botchford project night, I was definitely starstruck. But now it's just like, you know, similar to you, it, it doesn't really phase me. But again, that's just the Canucks. But I don't know. Like I, I've seen celebrities like out and about sometimes in Vancouver. You know what? There is one. And I, I will say this. I think it's John Cena because I grew up watching John Cena. And I think partly because he's like, larger than life like seeing him in person would not rattle me but i i'd be like i'd be like oh hi how's it going like you know similar to you with matthias how can you see john cena (laughs) (laughs) i think he fought hulk hogan's gang once anyways but yeah (laughs) i do (laughs) i have to say that like for you like meeting chris tab was like the best first person to meet because he's so like gives nothing he's like hey yep you know what? <laughs> I was shocked because and he's did not he talk to you about a more open way? He was he was so good. He did the botch project then. Like well, he, he's so like well. B- ben Brown went up to him before oh, and said, Love you, "Yeah, ben. shut up, Ben Brown." And went up to him before and said, "Like, hey, this is the botch oh, project. For this oh, is okay. our this is our first Stand recipient of it." And Tanev like gave me such good answer. And I was asking about Quinn wow. Hughes, and you know, like I was I was asking him, and I asked the most simple question. I was like. Do you think your pairing with Quinn works because you're so good at defense and he's really good at moving the puck? And he's like, actually, I think a lot of people aren't rating how good he is at defense. And I was like, at the time, I was the only media member to get that quote. That's and, he, great. and he wasn't talking about that with anybody else. But he's like, no, he actually plays really good defense. And this was like November of Quinn's rookie year, right? He's like, he plays excellent defense. And, you know, like, I think people are going to start noticing it a lot more. Um, and, and sure enough, Tanev was bang on. But I, you know, he talked to me quite a bit. I went for the handshake, which I didn't realize you weren't supposed to do. Yeah, so you don't that, do that. He almost, like, he was in the middle of turning around and saw me throw my hand out, and he turned around and gave me a handshake. I'm like, oh, man, that would have been so ben, awkward. Ben pulled you aside for 10 minutes. Look, man, you don't do that? Yeah. <laughs> do not touch my players. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say John Cena, if I were ever able to see him, um, I would probably geek out. That's probably the celebrity I went with. Man, we gotta stop talking so long about these answers. It's like a know, it's like a non hockey answer. We're like, okay, we're gonna give it ten minutes here. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk oh, here. Geez. Okay, last non hockey question for a while. Are you guys pro or anti pizza dip? Uh, or is it anti? I will say ranch. I like ranch. I'm pro pizza dip. I think if you're using pizza dip, you feel the need to use pizza dip. That's uh, condemning the pizza itself. A good pizza doesn't need the dip, but I understand using it if it's like you know take out. You got a night out, yeah. Grab some easy yeah. pizza that you cover up their shitty crust. Yeah. Okay. We'll get back to the hockey talk here. Here's a question from Alvin and the Chipmunks. Is this person's screen name? Nice. If you had to keep one for the next five years, who would it be? Niels Huglander or Jack Rathbone? It's a great question. Um, in theory, I just talked about all wanting defense to be fixed, and the Rathbone's a guy that might be able to help fix it. Um, but for me, I always get a bit scared off by you know prospects that don't pan out. And if you look at even any first round. You know, it's it's shocking how few games get played by first rounders and it gets worse and worse through second, third, fourth rounders. And we see over the market, people get built up all the time and then they end up not having a career. Nothing against them. This is how the NHL works. But like, even like Will Lockwood has the myth of Will Lockwood for years. Like this guy's going to, and like, he's still, you know, right. Okay. Maybe he might make the NHL one day. Uh, for all the talk of Zach McEwen, like, you know, and Jonah Gadovich, like, you're like, okay, like, you know, how much impact are they going to have? And nothing against that. If they make the show and they have a good couple of years, that's awesome. But in terms of like, hey, is that vital to an organization? I don't know. So for me, I think Niels Hoglander has a lot more to give. I think, you know, he's, he's a guy that even if he doesn't um, 
stick with the team. Maybe they use him as, uh, to turn around and get an asset for him. I think he has more value in that sense. Maybe find a team that gets something for him. I'm not fully sold in Jack Rathbone yet. Um, you know, I I want him to be a player because I, I have seen stuff in him, in his game that I like. I like the fact he can move the puck. I like the fact that he can maybe help the second power play unit out. But I'm just so gun shy about these these kids coming in, making it in the NHL. That I'm kind of taking the proven asset right now. So that's why I'd go with Niels Hoaglander. That's very fair. I'm looking at it from a value standpoint. And I'm going to say Jack Rathbone because we've, we've already talked about how bad this blue line is and how bad they are at moving the puck, especially something that Rathbone, uh, it's a strength of his. And we even talked about this in the last episode, how OEL's rumored to be working on the right side right now. And if OEL moves to the right side, there's your spot for Rathbone on the left side. And I think the organization really is high on Jack Rathbone. I think he's going to be awesome. Like I, I thought he was really good in all the wrong. NHL NHL games I've seen him play. I thought he was really good and obviously uh, over a point per game in the AHL. I think Jack Rathbone has the higher ceiling in a more difficult to obtain position. Like I, I think a top four defenseman, I rate that higher than a middle six four, which I think is yep. Huglander's ceiling. Totally I don't fair. think Huglander's ever going to be a first line player. Um, and again, that's not really a fault on him. Second round pick, that's that's fantastic that he's already done what he's done. Um, but I'm also looking at it and saying sometimes you have to part ways with good players. And, you know, if you can find a team willing to take Nils Hoglander for, uh, you know, maybe a young defenseman back who maybe needs to change scenery or whatever, right? Um, not that the Canucks have, haven't had enough of those in recent <laughs> years, but, um, you know, so, someone with a higher ceiling than Derek Pouliot or whatever it is that the Canucks keep trading for. Uh, I, I'd say Jack Rathbone. Over the next five years, I think I'd keep Rathbone. It's fair. Like, it's, it's a tight question. And again, it's one of those ones where, like, I don't feel great about Chicken Hole Glender in the terms yeah. of, like, I think I could be mid-look like I need to hear, but, like, Same. I'm just going <laughs> with the chosen asset. Like, I, like I'm, I'm being very risk-averse here on this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it was a good question. Shout out yeah, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Really good question. Um, Really good question to us today. Okay. I'm moving to Ontario. Sorry, this is from Cord McHenry. I'm moving to Ontario. What's the best way to poke at every Leafs fan I meet? I mean, you don't really, you just wait for the playoffs and they'll poke themselves, right? Like, it's just another, another first <laughs> round loss. That's all you got to do. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm amazed that Toronto just does not have any success. It's crazy. It feels like I feel blessed that it's happening, but I don't know how it's happening. Like, they should be doing better than they are. It's, it's crazy. Like, last year with Tampa, I thought for sure that was their moment, right? You know when Vancouver finally beat Chicago, that was their moment. They had their run. Like, you always wait for those teams to have that one big moment. They kind of figure it out and get some luck on their side and go on a run. And last year, I felt that was going to be it. And nope, didn't happen. So, um, I just... Uh, I Wait for Austin Matthews to demand a trade and go to Phoenix. I don't know. <laughs> Time will play out. <laughs> <It goes. laughs> just keep hovering that over and be like, oh, once they get out of that college arena. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, he's he's going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one's from Graham Momer. Uh, if you could place any former Canuck in their prime into the current lineup, who would it be? The obvious answer here, I understand it's Pavel Burry, but hang nope. on a sec. Okay, no, okay, no, go ahead. No, I'm going to Alex McGillney. Alex McGillney, uh, Alex okay. McGillney. Every former player I've talked to, and especially people who have played both with Burry and McGillney, have said that McGillney is the better player. Uh, wow. Yeah, they go, okay. his skill set was unreal in terms of like being defensive. And I know people, like, some people think like, oh, he was checked out and like, you know, it was lazy. It's kind of like what we saw with Kyle Wellwood in terms of like some players like, they're very, very smart, and it's hard to play with dumb players. And I'm a dumb player. So when, when I play with smart players, I realize the frustration they have playing with me. So I get it that it's hard. Because like when you're like thinking on that high level, you just see spots other people don't, and you go to where the puck is going to get to, and like that's just another level of hockey IQ. And McGillney had that. He was also an uh, underrated passer, and he's a guy that I think is just one of the most skilled players that could fit into the lineup. Again, don't get me wrong, Bray is you know, probably the most talented Canuck ever, and that's like one of them. I said McGillney was. But Bray, like, excitement-wise, all that. But in terms of, like, getting a guy that can come in and kind of, like, 
be used in, in more roles, I'd go with McGillney. And again, I've had former players say like McGillney, Corey Hirsch, Greg Adams, Nathan Lafayette, they've all said McGillney is like one of those, you know, skilled players I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. So, so that's impressive that, that you came up with someone other than Bray, because I was going to say, we should take a step further and say, we have to take their prime, what, the, what they were producing in, in oh, terms of points, okay. right? Because the question is in their prime. Okay. And you have to equate it to what they would be paid on the open market this year. Prime, well, I'm, I'm right. totally overthinking it, but but let's say McGillney in his season where he scored 50 with the Canucks, yeah, right. That that's the season we'll take. Yeah, you're looking at a over nine million dollar yeah. player, right? Yeah. So you put him in the lineup, but you can't just take out Jason Dickinson or whoever. You've got to take someone else out. So are you taking out Brock Besser? And I guess you could easily take out Tyler Myers, but yeah, Tyler, yeah. Whoever, to free up <laughs> some Tyler. cap space, but. You, you got to free up some cap space to get this player in. Question becomes a little more, a little That's, more interesting. If we're based off like one year of like someone's prime, I would choose uh, two thousand three Todd Bertuzzi because that is one of the best seasons I've seen from a player in terms of his like physical dominance and could score and had the play. Like that is one of my favorite seasons I've ever seen from any player. But in today's market, when you see a power forward do that, they get paid like twelve mil. <laughs> like that would be <laughs> yeah, yeah, priced yeah, yeah. out. Like he could kill your players with the hits, and he's got hands, and he can score like. That is like the white unicorn of the NHL, yeah, like this. Yeah. Kid, like, oh, so that would never work. So, in terms of that, um, I'm going off the board. Uh, give me, give me prime non-injured Sammy Sallow. Okay, fix that defense. I like that because that's who I was going to say. Yeah. I was legitimately going to say Sammy. Yeah, Sallow. Sammy Sallow. Give that, it to me. I thought I was over. I thought I was overthinking that, but I'm glad you gave him a decent price too. and his skill set. He was one of the most underrated defensemen in Canucks history. Absolutely. I know the injuries are there, but he was so incredibly smart. And I'll always remember when I saw him at UBC with the prospects and saw he saw the prospects taking shots and he was just watched them with his stick. And after every shot, he'd be like muffin, muffin. Another muffin. That's a muffin. <laughs> the king of shots. Just shit talking on these prospect shots. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, my, my favorite Sammy Salo moment is when we had him on the show literally early 2020, like pandemic and everything. It was just, just happening. And, you know, I think it was like June or something. And we had him on the show and we said, Sammy, what's your favorite memory as a Canuck? And I kid you not. He says, oh, probably... You know, it really showed the fans in Vancouver how much they care and how, how much of a hockey market it is when the whole crowd started chanting balls of steel. Because yes. you wonder sometimes <laughs> about things like that. Like, did the player, was he embarrassed about it? Was, you know, did he, did he really pay attention? Or, you know, if you ask him post-game, he'd probably say, oh, I didn't hear it or whatever. But for him to say that was his favorite moment as a Canuck. <laughs> are, like, you, you come on. That yeah, was yeah. fan favorite, fan favorite for sure. Yep. That, when this when this market's like in tune with the team and like they have like their connections to the team, it's such a fantastic market to play in. It really yeah. is. Yeah. And the other story Sammy told us, we should replay that interview one day. But uh, he told us the story of when they, him and Yarko Rutu, hid um, Matt Cook's <laughs> sweater and they hung it in the rafters. Oh no! <laughs> and Matt Cook, they kept making fun of this sweater and kept taking it. So Matt Cook bought a lock for his locker. And they got bolt cutters, cut the oh lock, my God. and then hung his sweater up in the rafters before practice. Nicely done. <laughs> yes. So uh, that was another story that Sammy Salo told us. That episode's still out there if people want to go listen to it. But yeah, Sammy Salo, one of my favorite interviews we've ever done um, on this podcast. So another question here. Josh the Zamboni guy asked, will there ever be a luxury tax in the NHL? Similar to what we see in the MLB, right? I'm just going to go ahead and say no. Just based on the salary cap moving up by like three million, and be like, "Oh my gosh, it's going up by three million. I don't think we're ever going to see a day where there's no salary cap and it's a luxury tax instead. NHL is way too 
risk averse, slow to change. Like they don't like to do anything. So anything that's innovative or different or might involve some sort of change for the NHL is just, you know, don't hold your breath on that one. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to hockey in a sec. <laughs> you said that five times. <laughs> Leo Reyes asked, what's your guys Mount Rushmore for wrestlers? I'll let you go first. Uh, Mine's the members of Nuo. Yeah, Nuo and John Cena in that famous <laughs> war they had. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go uh, Bret Hart just because he you know, was a Canadian hero when I was younger. Um, Razor Ramon because he was so cool. Uh, the Rock is like, you know, that was the Attitude Era. He was like my guy from the Attitude Era. And then I always have this, this rotating fourth spot where I, I can, you know, flavor the day, but I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan. Hmm. I like Daniel Bryan. Uh, Daniel Bryan's on mine for sure. He was uh, he was getting that big push at WrestleMania 30 when I was really into wrestling. Yep. Um, and me and my friend went to go watch WrestleMania 30 in a movie theater. Yeah, it was fun, man. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It was it was such an ex- great experience. Had a shirt and everything. You had the Noel shirt on. I had the Noel shirt on. <laughs> Noel for life, yo. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so my Mount Rushmore. How many heads are there on Route Mushroom? Well, you got John Cena four, and you got John Cena as your one. Okay. So, yeah, John Cena's one, (laughs) but you can't see it. So, Daniel Bryan. um, Oh, wow. Can I not name any other wrestlers that I really liked? No. Okay. So, John Cena, Daniel Bryan, The Undertaker. The Undertaker's fantastic. Is Brock Lesnar an acceptable answer? Oh, hundred. Oh, he's in my fifth. He's my, he's he's in my rotating fifth. Brock oh, Lesnar okay. is the best. So, yeah. I'm just making sure because yeah. I I remember he was a heel for a while and then he's he's an angry cowboy now. But he's a good guy. I love Brock Lesnar. He's fantastic. Saskatchewan resident now. Oh, he's Canadian. Is he Canadian? Well, he got Canadian residency. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, okay, so okay, UFC yeah. had a big Canadian flag once. I'm like, yeah, Brock Lesnar's yeah. ours now. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> good for Brock Lesnar. Okay, question from Disto, who's not correcting our pronunciation of everything yet. We'll see. Disto said. Who's likely to get called up from Abbotsford during the season? Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose a question to you. I'll go first, but pick a player from each position. Let's say the Canucks lose a forward, not necessarily a center, left wing, right wing, a forward, a defenseman, and a goaltender. The first call up at each position. We're gonna go through you name three players. I'll go first. I'll say for defense, it's clear, yeah. I think, that's Jack Rathbone. Rathbone. I think Jack Rathbone's the first guy to get the call up from Abbey. But the the workings of a call-up are different. And this is something I think we learned last year, especially with Rathbone, is that, look, if you need to get called up just to sit in the press box and you're yep. probably not going to play, but it might be an emergency situation, we might need you to play because we're going on a long road trip, I don't think it's Rathbone. Like, I don't think he's necessarily the first call-up. I think Noah Juleson's probably the first call-up, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, Ashton Sautner signed in Winnipeg, so he's not going to be around. But you have that option with Noah Juleson where he could slot in, but... You also hope he doesn't, which is why I think if you're not looking for a guy to slot in right away, that Juleson is probably the guy that gets the first call. But if you're calling someone up to play, and that's what I think we'll form this question around, I think it's Rathbone. And for the forwards, it gets really interesting when you get to the forwards because, look, like I've heard people say names like Tristan Nielsen and Chase Waters, like these guys are going to play. These guys are for sure going to be in the lineup at some point in the next year or, or next two years. Um whatever it is, but like you look at the forward depth in Abbotsford, they lost Sheldon Rempel. They lost Justin Bailey. Like those are your guys. Like those are the guys that were getting called up and look like 
They haven't done much to replenish the forward depth in Abbotsford, but I think it's Phil DiGiuseppe. Like, I think Phil uh, DiGiuseppe is the yeah. guy. I want like, DiGiuseppe era to start. Yeah. I almost think last season when he got called up, he found himself in that situation that I just outlined, the Juleson situation, let's call it, where he just sat in the press box and just didn't have an opportunity to get in. I think DiGiuseppe has something to prove at not only training camp, because let's be honest, I think it was a surprise that he was sent down out of training camp. Like I thought he was going to start the year at the big club. He had a really good camp. Yep. He had a really good season in Abbotsford last year. This guy kill penalties, moves well, big guy, big body, likes to throw hits. You know, he's Italian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> minor note. <laughs> yeah, minor note, minor note. Um, we actually had him on the podcast. I told him about commercial drive. He had no idea what? that commercial drive existed. And uh, he said oh. he'd go down. So I got to talk to him at gotta training camp. Got to yeah. teach him. I even, I even dropped a few panini places for him. <laughs> Jeez. I did the same thing with Mikey DiPietro. All the Italian players, I just I, I get to them and make sure they know commercial drive is a thing. But Phil Giuseppe, that's my first call. And in, in net, uh, it's obviously, that's a layup. It's Spencer Martin or Colin Delia, whoever gets sent down at a training camp. Yeah, no, just, Spencer Martin era is starting. He's not going to be on the team. It doesn't matter. Uh, I like DiGiuseppe. Uh I will say uh, yeah, in defense, yeah. I Again, it's, it's like the Noel Jolson theorem. I, th- I think they want to see Rathbone play. I think I think that's the thing. It's his yeah. time. I think they want to know what they have in him. So I think even if they do call him, they'll find a way to kind of get in the lineup. I don't think, you know. Well, again, I guess, I guess it depends who gets injured too, you know, out of the lineup. So, But I, I like what you're saying. I do agree that the four depth on, on you know, Abbotsford is a bit different this year. And, yeah, it, it's – that's the, I mean, that's the fun part of it, like the, the, how it all works the hockey, like having certain players that are here for certain roles. And like you said, like a lot of people – I didn't even think of that all the time. Like, yeah, you got to get a guy that can come up that's like, you know, if a guy's playing down all the time in the AHL, you kind of want him to keep those minutes. So sometimes it's good to have those like, those tweeners that can come up and get like, you know, they're fine to ride the bus. And I really miss – Justin Bailey I thought was good. I also like he get in the ice and could provide something. I really like him as a player, so I'm kind of bummed he's gone, but – I am intrigued to see how, how it all plays out, but I, I want more sandpaper lineup as well. So that's why I think uh, Giuseppe might have a bit of an edge there as well. And we should also mention Sheldon Dries re-signed to a two-year, two-way contract. So he's another option, but I think we still stand by. It's Phil Giuseppe. Give me that sandpaper, baby. Yeah, that exactly. Italian sandpaper. Exactly. Give it to me. I'm glad. I'm glad we're on the same page about this. Okay. Next question, coming again from Disto. Thoughts on what to expect from Pullman and Keeper. This season, uh, Pullman and who? Pullman and Brady Keeper. Oh, Brady Keeper. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to expect from Brady Keeper at all. Pullman, I always forget he exists. Brady Keeper. Actually, you know what? We talk about Noah Juleson. Yeah, that might be your first call up, Brady Keeper. Right. Fair, fair point. The guy broke his leg in training camp. You feel awful for him. Yep. He was recovering right toward the end of the year, but you just feel awful for him. You hope he, you know, he can have a good training camp, and maybe, you know, maybe he gets snags that 7-8 spot uh, on the defense, whatever it is, right? Or, you know, he's the first call from Abbotsford. Um, I can't believe he forgot Brady Keeper. Actually, I can't. He missed the entire year. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, like, that is a name to watch, is Brady Keeper as the first call up from Abbotsford. A guy, I think he's 26 years old. That's, you know, he's got a little bit more, a um, little bit more experience, and I think that's someone over Juleson that you'd like to see called up. Yeah, uh, it's a good point. I'm just still thinking of Tucker Pullman being kind of sad. I feel like there's so many players in the team where like I forget that their contract exists, and then I think about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they got to deal with that, too. Two and a half million for three more years. Pullman, like, I saw nothing from him that showed why he should get that contract. I'm not, trying to be, I'm not being a dick, like, hey, screw this guy. But I just watched his game. I'm like, I don't know what they see in him. I don't know, like, you know, what in his game they think is, like, you know, top four ability. I don't get it. I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe he comes out, blows us away. Who knows? Maybe there's something behind the scenes we didn't know about. I don't know. But from his game with the Canucks, like nothing about his game excites me at all. So 
it feels like they're just going to ride him out. If he can fit into the lineup at some point, I guess good. They have him for a while. No one's going to take that contract. So it sounds very dour, but I don't know. I'm just watching that guy play, and I'm like, I just, I just don't get it. I don't. I really don't know what their pro scouting saw. I don't know what they think they're getting from this guy. I don't know why they felt the need to give him that deal. I'm, I'm a bit confused. But this is a league where Erica Branson gets four-year deals too. So I, you know, I don't always agree with the pro scouting in the world out there. So we'll see. But again, I, I, I will always say I, I love to be proven wrong. I love to look like an idiot. I love to say things like this guy's, you know, he's not a good player and they have a great year. I, I'll take the L all day long because I'm not here. Like some people I think get caught and think that like, you know, hey, you guys want them to fail. Nope. I, I love people to succeed. Make me look like an idiot. I love it. Prove me wrong. Go for it. But with Tucker Coolman, I just don't see anything to his game that, you know, would say to me like, hey, this is a guy that they're going to be able to utilize, you know, in a good way next season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the main thing with Pullman is we're just hoping that he's healthy, right? Because yeah, he has I want to see serious to be good, concussions, right? Yeah. right? And, and sorry, not even concussions, just like concussion like symptoms and random headaches. You hope he's okay. Uh, the last update we have is from uh, Canucks AGM Emily Castonguay, who said that, you know, Pullman's healthy. We're expecting him to be at training camp. So it, it's good to see. But yeah, like as in terms of his on ice play, I didn't see anything. But the interesting thing is you mentioned, like, you know, what did they see in him? But it's also this current management regime, when they get asked about Pullman, they're like, yeah, we really liked Pullman from what we saw from him. How many games yeah. did he play for this new management regime to see? Are they confusing with someone else? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> like, I think that's what's happening, right? Like, I don't know if they're seeing Headman. They see, like, a man in there. Like, oh, this Headman guy's great. No, you got pool man, not Headman. I don't know what's going on. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Tucker Pullman. I'm not expecting much, to be honest with you. Like... I could see him maybe starting in a bottom-pairing role, but I don't think there's any top four upside, especially if you're talking about moving OEL to the right side. Like, you're making room for, for like, Travis Dermott to either play on the left or right, too, right? Like I, I would take Travis Dermott over Tucker Pullman. I don't think that's a hot take either, right? You, you want those guys that can move the puck, and Dermott's been good in a third-pairing role. So, again, we'll have to see how it shakes down, but I'm not expecting much from Tucker Pullman. I'm hoping he's healthy. That'd be great to see. Uh, hopefully you can have a long long and healthy life and career. Okay, question from Lauren Gardner. Shout out Lauren. Lauren. crushing it. It's making me look bad. This guy's out there crushing it, losing weight every day, man. It's hard to work in the room. Yeah, Lauren's always in the gym look, looking awesome. Good for you, Lauren. Uh, we're rooting for you. Okay, question from Lauren. If you can only pick one reason as to why the offseason implosion of the Calgary Flames is sweet karmic justice, which reason are you picking? Oh, it's because of their stupid social media team, our guy. They, our they, guy? They earned I this. was going to say that. They earned this, kay, man. Okay, I got I to gotta, I gotta tell you, I think it's that music video that dropped. The lift it up, lift oh, it up, yeah. win the cup. Yeah. <laughs> in the first round. Yeah. I mean. dropped in the first round. At least Canucks fans, you know, waited until the finals. They're like, maybe lose one on, on, on the road to win at home. <laughs> like, at least the cup was in reach. <laughs> That is a bit more reasonable than first round, lift the cup, lift it up. Yeah, it's, it's, I, you know, I don't care for Calgary. Uh, I'm happy it's happening to them. It's, I'm amazed that to see a 200 point player is not going to be in the team next year. That's crazy. Uh, I feel bad for Markstrom and Tanev because I think they're good guys. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, it's just, it's delicious. It's, just, it's like a, it's the honeydew of the hockey world for me right now. I'm just loving it. This is crisp and delicious. Okay. So I don't know if you saw this, but Dan Russell has written, Written, oh my gosh, I almost said Roten. He's Roten. <laughs> He's done Roten. Dan Russell has written a book, uh, and I haven't read the book myself just yet. I'm planning on it, but I saw someone on Twitter say that in that book, because that's the fun part about these reporters dropping books, and, and I've, I've even started thinking about writing a book, maybe, but we'll get to that another time. <laughs> <laughs> what a teaser that is for the future. But, 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 but 
basically <laughs> what he wrote in this book is that after game two of the 2011 final, apparently Canucks ownership started to try to sell the rights for their parade. Like, like a sponsor, right? So they tried to get a sponsor. Uh, you know, the, the Stanley, the Vancouver Canucks 2011 Stanley Cup parade brought to you by TD or whatever, right? They were trying to sell those rights after game two and they had some sort of celebratory dinner. Uh, I think that's what I read on Twitter. Again, don't quote me on that because this is from Dan Russell. This obviously isn't me reporting anything. It's just something that Dan Russell wrote in his book. Um, that I, I, I saw on Twitter and I need to read it because it's, it's, it's probably a great book, but I just thought that was very funny that that was apparently something that happened. Yeah. You know, after, I guess after the wraparound from Burroughs, I guess maybe they thought we got this in the bag, which if you've been in Vancouver, you know, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Like every time they showed one of those numbers, like teams that go up to nothing in the series, like win 85% of the time, like, Oh, don't show that. Yep. Vancouver yep. will prove you wrong. And of yep. course they did. So I mean, Dan Russell, like when I was growing up, he was like an icon in the city. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see, he's probably has a ton of stories. Like I want Tony Gallagher to write a, a book. Oh, I know. He's got so, he hears it all the time, but he has great stories. Uh, Dan Russell got a bit, you know, angry and bitter near the end. So I, I've kind of stopped following along to him, but his book, I think will definitely be an interesting read because I could just imagine them. They had trying to get the rights and they were probably, they themselves probably went down to the room and were like, Hey man, can you guys just lose a game on the road? So we could win it all. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine down there. Oh, Hey Lou, could you let in like five goals? <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I got you cover. <laughs> we are on the anyways. road after all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, it's so sad. It makes me sad. Anyways. <laughs> okay. This is a question for you from John. For Sanch, are there any more awards coming up which you are going to win that we should be aware of? I think I pretty much heard that I'm going to get an award for best guest host of a podcast for today. So that's already in the bag. Uh, I think I am going to be writing a book uh, along with Quad. He's He gave me a bit of a teaser writing a book together. That'll win awards. <laughs> and then, uh, as always, I, I'm always up for a ton of awards in Belgium. So uh, you'll see a lot of those. Uh, that usually comes out. Their award season's a bit weird. Award season here is different times over there. Theirs is in February. Don't ask me why. I won't get into the politics of it. But February, look for it. Belgium awards. Stan, she's going to be all over them. Okay. All right, we're going to close it out. I have one last question for you. It's a hockey question. Okay. We'll get to it. I feel like we, we got a good chunk of these. We're over an hour, which we try not to do too much. But this hey. is from Owen Shute. He said, "I'm sh- oh, and this is obviously directed at you. I'm sure you get this often, but love your Army's coverage of Canucks games. My question, which center would be best served by having Mikheyev on his wing? Bo, Petey, or Miller, if he's still here, and playing center? I'm going to say, and I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just thinking it through my head. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to say Elias Pettersson is best served with that. I I think it's a toss-up between Miller and Bo. I think Mikheyev, if he doesn't have great hands, I'm putting him with the best playmaker. I rate Pettersson as the best playmaker of those three players. Of those three centers, I rate Pettersson as the best one. And, you know, Pettersson's fast, but he's not necessarily a burner. Like, he's not going to go... Uh, coast to coast most of the time like you might see Miller do even Bo if he pulls off a couple bow drags like he did in the uh, in the bubble against St. Louis you never know I think Ilya Mikheyev's probably best served playing with Elias Pettersson like I think a line of Ilya Mikheyev Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson probably gets you some results like I, I think you're happy with that line I, I think you find results with that and I wouldn't be shocked Wyatt, to see Andre Kuzmenko on that other side with Mikheyev or Vasilipod Colson at some point on that side with Ilya Mikheyev and Elias Pettersson. Like, I, I, I have it in my head. I, I, have, I have my heart basically set on the fact that Ilya Mikheyev, we know he's a good two-way forward. I think Elias Pettersson is going to be fielding a lot of matchups next year. 
I think it's Elias Pettersson. Like, I think this is Elias Pettersson's winger. It's a great question because it comes down to, like, fit and what you want for your players. And I talked about it earlier with McGillney, like, you know, skilled players. Like, do you want to use them to elevate other players or do you want them to, like, connect and click with other skilled players? So we kind of saw it with a lot of line. When the when skilled players get together, they can make beautiful magic on the ice. But you kind of want to spread that love through the lineup. Which, like, J.T. Miller center kind of is kind of a thing because you want to have people that can elevate your wingers. Obviously, J.T. Miller can't play with him because he'd be swearing at him way too much for missing breakaways. That's just not going to happen. Get it out of the room right now. Can't do it. I've, we've seen that kind of framework with Pedersen having the hardworking wingers kind of get the puck to him, and that's kind of worked and kind of maybe almost forcing Pedersen to be a shooter on the line. Um, that kind of works in his favor as well. And he can also elevate their play by giving them the nice passes. So I can see that as well. But for me, I honestly kind of think the Bo Horvat hardworking line, I kind of I kind of see that maybe working. And I understand like you know, there's the end-to-end Bo, and JT has a bit of that, that end-to-end itis in them as well, where they sometimes try and do it all. But I really like the idea of having Bo with a fast winger. Um, you know, no offense to Tanner Pearson over the years, but just having some speed with him and Bo maybe not having to be the guy that has to lug it down the ice at full speed. And maybe he can take a bit of like a gas off the pedal and kind of use energy to go to the net more and that sort of thing. So uh, I, I'm going to go with him and Bo. I want to see that happen. But I think you might be right, but I want to be antagonistic and go with Bo. That's fair. <laughs> I, like I, said, I do like, think it might work too. Like I think Liz Patterson, I, I have a dream of him as like, Give them all the skill in the world. I know it's great to have an elevate players, but yeah. I want to see some skill on skill out there. Give it to me. You know what? I, like I said, I, I'm bet- it's toss-up for me between Bo and Petey. I think both of them have different strengths, right? And both of them would complement uh, each player in different yep. ways. Like, there's no real bad answer there. So It's a fun new problem to have into the mix, right? A guy with like that much speed. And again, we've seen many guys in this city over the years have that elite speed and not having that finishing Power. Even Tyler Mott, we always he would get like you know two breakos a game and wouldn't score on them. But like, give me that any day of the week because yeah. at least he's generating chances. That means the puck's going the other way. So if you know you get another guy coming in here that has that elite speed, and we always have that infamous summer of Ryan Kessel where he learned to shoot the puck over the summer. If like he can work on a shot or find you know a, another player that like say he goes to Pedersen who find a you know gets some more chances, he gets more comfortable on the net. Like we saw Pedersen have like elite levels of games with the Gold Oban. Like we can mm-hmm. see what he can do with players, right? So if you can funnel that into there, like that would be fun to see. So uh, yeah. I'd be down with either or. Like I feel like some people. People forget this, but the first 10 games of Petey's career, linemen's were Nikolai Goldobin and Louis Erickson. And he made Goldobin look like a stud. Yeah. Goldobin's a smart player, though. I think Goldobin, that's what I talk about, smart player. Like, he knew where to go and what to do with him. And yeah, defensively, he made Green hate him, but <laughs> he still, like, kind of knew how to click with Patterson. And I think you kind of see that. That's what like, you go with back to the Sedins. They never really had. And that was always the thing. Who could be the line mate? But like Burroughs was a very smart player. He doesn't get enough credit for being a smart player. He was one of the top ball players, ball hockey players in like the, the country because like he's a very smart guy. He just thinks the game really well. So, you know, he comes up, he was an ECHL scrub and he ends up having the career he had. There's no, it's not just the Sedins. He was a smart player. He knew how to work with them. So I think, you know, when you have players that kind of think the game the way you do, that just helps elevate your game. Not to say that McKayev can't do that. Like maybe I'll be blown away. Maybe McKayev needs someone like Patterson to be like, hey, I can think the game you want. We'll see what happens. But like I said, fantastic problem to have. Adding elite speed to your lineup, never a bad thing. Yeah. We, we talk about Mason Raymond all day long. But like He was kind of a joke in the city. Guy put up 50-point seasons, man. Like You'd kill to have that kind of player in your lineup right now. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Okay. We'll close it out there. Wyatt, this was fun. Was Thank good. you so much for stopping by. Do you have any parting thoughts? Where can the people find you? You're so serious right now, but you give, you're giving me a very serious look. If people can see right now, the serious look you're giving me while doing a nice lean back in the chair. <laughs> and the hands going too. Yeah, like, look, let's talk this up. You can find me on the Twitters, uh, as always, and I'll be doing postseason coverage next season. So, uh, you know, drop me a line and talk about Warzone. I'm sure my Warzone buddies are, are, are shit-talking me now online, and uh, we can talk about any sort of melon you want. And, uh, yeah, I think you guys know where to find me, I hope. 
I hope so too. I'm approachable. At the stanchion. Go yeah. give him a follow. There All you right. go. Yeah. <laughs> for my co-host, Wyatt Arndt, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.